around, I look around, I see a lot of new faces. <laughs> Shut up! Which means a lot of you have been breaking the first two rules of Fight Club. Man, I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential, and I see a squandered. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. We're the middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. We're very, very pissed off. everybody welcome to generation loss the show about movies with Bryn and jeremy and it is the first of the month the first episode of the new year 2024 and we are beginning (laughs) we are beginning our first dark council of 2024 time continues on it's relentless (laughs) march onward towards the darkness can you Uh, believe it's been four years since covid (laughs) Yeah. And so four years of this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think we started it. At the end of 2019, start? probably. I think like in the middle of 2019. Maybe. Because Green, Green Room is like many episodes in, I think. Yeah. Um, Which is the last one we did in person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hello. I hope, I hope everyone's had a beautiful new year. The Dark Council's new month is Verhoeven month. Uh, in honor of what is he Hungarian or some shit? I think he's Dutch. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, he's Dutch. Uh, he's he's a born Dutch in Amsterdam in 1938. So cool. Still Terrible alive. Terrible time to be born in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great time to be born in Amsterdam. Uh, <laughs> some wild shit was happening. 1943, uh, they moved to the Hague. Not the prison, the town. The town. <laughs> Uh, the Verhoeven house was near a German military base with V2 rocket launchers, which was repeatedly bombed. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he had... very unchill time to be Dutch. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's still alive, and he made a lot of really great movies. Um, so this month we are going to be watching some of his movies, uh, which I am going to say annoyed. That you didn't let us watch Showgirls. Uh, yeah. Because Showgirls is uh, very fun. Uh, but we do. I mean, he's got so many movies. You know, you have to you have to cut it off somewhere. We're getting some of the bangers, though. 
Maybe we'll get to do Showgirls in some other month. It probably maybe we can maybe we can like sneak it in ourselves or something. <laughs> well, we've um, already snuck in an entirely uh, different m- movie from a different uh, <laughs> theme from last month into this episode, so I don't think we can. But maybe uh, I guess we could just do a double show instead of doing what you watch. We could just do whatever. We could do Showgirls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's allowed. We can do whatever we want. But uh, I'm excited. But, we're we're doing Flesh and Blood this week, and then we have RoboCop, which somehow I've never seen. Uh, Total Recall, I'm sorry, which I've also what? never seen. <laughs> well, what the fuck? Yeah, You've never, never seen, seen either of those. RoboCop? Never seen RoboCop. I wow. had RoboCop toys, and I never saw wow. RoboCop. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. RoboCop is a... a a cultural touchstone. Mm-hmm. It was a huge movie. Sort yeah, of. Yeah, I had toys of it and I never even seen it. That's wild. Big I'm movie. really excited now. Cause I, <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like, yeah, yeah, we all know Robocop. But I'm very excited that you haven't seen it at all. I have uh, truly no idea what happens in Robocop <laughs> except that he's a Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome then my uh, my understanding of that movie is so extremely minimal <laughs> uh then and then in total recall uh which i haven't seen yeah i haven't seen it either uh i know that one is also p- sort of someone's reacting like like i was just reacting like what but uh yeah never watched that one mostly because i had in high school was a really big fan of philip k dick mm-hmm. and other fans on like the philip k dick forums were like this sucks it's <laughs> not like it's not like um we can remember it for you wholesale at all <laughs> uh but i'm sure it's a lot of fun and then we're watching starship troopers right yep starship oh, there troopers. is a i was wondering because I, I was just thinking about how funny it is that there used to be such like such personalized forums uh, on the internet back back then that yeah. there would be a Philip K. Dick forum. And then I was like, is there like a Philip K. Dick subreddit? There is. Of course there is. It's not very active, but it's there. I bet all the I bet all the real dickheads are still on <laughs> the old forums. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Um, but uh, have you seen Stormtroopers? Stormtroopers? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, I've seen that yeah. a bunch of times. I've seen that one too. Um, I think I saw it in theaters, actually. Really? I th- I mean, no, probably not, because I would have been nine. That would have been too young. But I probably saw it immediately after it came on video, because that would have been squarely during my parents' divorce, and I was definitely seeing a lot of R-rated movies the first two years of that. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, I did not see that movie. I didn't see it until I was older. Um, actually, I think I saw it on TV once, like on with commercials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And and thought it was cool, but not as cool as I thought it was as I got older. Um, and Showgirls is so interesting, sandwiched between Basic Instinct and Sh- Starship Troopers. Yeah, a uh, weird, weird movie. Um, I've never seen Basic Instinct though. I always forget that's him. Is that movie good? I don't know. I've it, never seen it, it made a shit ton of money. <laughs> unlike showgirls which was a flop um it's weird how much he people like did not get satire in the 90s just like completely over their heads not even a little bit i feel like people get it more now right 
Like generally when people yeah, make like, satires, people are like, oh yeah, this is not serious. Yeah, people well, people have their like satire lenses on now where they're like looking for it in fucking everything, you know? Like I right, feel like it feels people are watching way. shit like the menu and being like, This says a lot about society. Yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> that movie sucks so bad. <laughs> uh that's not a what else do you watch this week. I think I did talk about the menu on this show when I watched it on the plane. Um, I don't think so, actually. I talked about it when I watched it. I don't think we talked about it the second time. Mm. Somebody consult the document, please. <laughs> it, But yeah, I was surprised how bad that movie was, considering lots of people were like, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's kind of funny, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I one of my one of my problems with it was that it wasn't that funny. <laughs> mm. uh, it could have been funnier. Um, it could have been funnier, yes. But this isn't an episode about the menu, It folks. certainly isn't. So we're going to go ahead and enter Verhoeven Month at the top of the show, and then we're going to talk about basically what we watched this week, but it's really the selection we made from last week That's that we right. didn't get to. This is so, a makeup episode. This is a double feature. We got a double feature going this week, and this week we're beginning with this, our feature presentation. Movies. Movies. Popcorn. Yes. Uh, yes. We are talking about <laughs> the 1985, one of uh, Verhoeven's first American films, uh, Flesh Plus Blood, mm-hmm. also known as Flesh and Blood. Um, not the very fun new classic trading card game that I play <laughs> almost daily, uh, <laughs> um, but a movie about... Italy in 1501. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing uh, that's interesting about this movie, just to get out of the way, uh, this movie was an inspiration for uh, Kentaro Miura, who created the manga Berserk, said that specifically he based the design of Guts on Martin. How did you just say Berserk? Berserk? It berserk? sounds like you said like Berserk. Berserker? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to making fuck berserker? <laughs> uh, berserk berserker, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Um. So that's a uh, berserk. That's a fun, interesting thing. So I was hoping that this movie would have some sort of like light fantasy or like darkness in it. Mm. Unfortunately, no. This movie is a very straight ahead. Um. Uh, sort of medieval swashbuckler. Well, it's well. What's so tough about this movie is that no adventure really happens. Mm-hmm. It's all sort of dour and really uncomfortable, mm. and not much really happens. It's all like there's some violence, but like it is surprising actually for for being a two hour movie. Um. That yeah, we really don't get a lot done in that time. So my so basically the story is there is a guy who, uh, his castle and city called Arnolfini. No, Arnolfini. The guy's name is Arnolfini. His name Arnolfini. is Mister Feeny. 
He's Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World. Oh, he's, okay. <laughs> he's saying, Mr. Martin. Mr. Martin. <laughs> Give me back my castle, Mr. Martin. <laughs> yeah, so his castle gets taken over in a coup, uh, and he hires a bunch of mercenaries to get it back. In mm-hmm. that group of mercenaries is uh, Mr. Martin, who is... Mm-hmm. Rugger Howard. Mr. Martin. Mr. Very interesting, Mr. Martin. Uh, <laughs> very nice hair. Um, I love your chest, Mr. Martin. <laughs> beautiful physique, Mr. Martin. Nice, nice cod piece, Mr. Martin. <laughs> he's always wearing a cod piece. <laughs> um, so he's like, if you if you sack the city and get it back for me. Uh, you get 24 hours of looting. Uh, they do, and they rape a bunch, and they kill, and um, Arnolfini is like, actually, Psych. fuck you. <laughs> Psych, never mind. <laughs> I'm taking all of it. And you're, su- I mean, you're supposed to think he's kind of detestable at this point, but it's interesting at the end of the movie how things turn out, but we'll we'll get to that at the end. But yeah, he says like, you guys go crazy, loot to your heart's content. You get a very funny sequence of like guys walking around wearing like a million gold chains, just like, ooh, look at me. I'm a fucking (laughs) king. (laughs) Yes. And uh, also at this point, his commander, uh, Hawkwood, accidentally hits a nun in the head. Uh, This never matters. Never Um, matters even a little bit. (laughs) But it's a long scene. Like a lot of stuff happens. He, he, this you you do come back to it she's like planting plants and then having seizures and stuff mm-hmm. but it's like who cares what uh, is this like is this a real thing that happened like is this based on truth that's the only thing that really would make that make any sense to me no fucking clue um but uh the the main thrust of the story is you are introduced to our main crew who is martin and a pregnant a uh, psychotic lady mm-hmm. and um, a you cardinal. Love her. She's the best. <laughs> who's the, Celine? Uh, she's a prostitute and a drunk. And uh, it's funny when the baby is stillborn. They're like, "Why could that have happened?" I guess God <laughs> hates you. <laughs> You're not constantly wasted. Constantly uh, wasted, going into battle, looting and raping. <laughs> You're not sleeping tough every night. <laughs> yeah um so their baby immediately dies like this is like scene five that's not a spoiler or anything yeah um but yeah so there's like a a little group of mercenaries and a cardinal um interestingly also i mean really like the plot of this is so funny because there's so much shit like this that doesn't mean anything where like so you have this like nice sequence between martin and celine where you know she's like it's your baby i know i know i feel it in my bones the baby's stillborn he buries the baby and then tells her like it looked like me and she's like oh great and then she's like attached to him and you kind of think that that's going to mean something later when a new love interest comes in it doesn't it never comes it's up so, again really. so so i mean we can, if we're going to get into this already like this movie is uh in my opinion fairly unwatchable mm. because it, it <laughs> nothing happens like nothing that matters happens for a yeah. long time mm-hmm. uh and and then even when finally at the end of the movie where there's like 
some kind of stakes where they find the um they they find Arnolfini's son and then they tie him up and then like they turn on Simon like they turn on Simon and then he gets out of the well and then just like that never matters right like nothing in this movie matters it's like it all happens episodically and then every single thread it ever does is dropped I, right. I can't I cannot follow this movie it's interesting uh, because I I mean I agree with you on pretty much everything you say except that it's unwatchable. <laughs> like I actually really enjoyed the movie overall. I had a good time watching it. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean like once but I started like, like thinking back to it I'm like, "Oh, that didn't go anywhere. That didn't go anywhere. That didn't go anywhere. None of this really meant anything." <laughs> it doesn't matter like, at all. What was the what was really the point in the end of all of this? Like I mean like also Martin's character like so the the thing is is that what happens is uh when they bury the infant after, so Arnolfini Arno, Arno is like, everyone get out, they go away. Yeah, uh, he, he like he like expels them and they're supposed to be like driven off and they camp out for the night. The stillbirth happens. They dig up a saint statue from the mud. It's uh, it's Saint Martin. So everyone's like, oh my God, Saint Martin, your name is Martin. You're our fucking guy, dude. And You're I kinda, in charge. And I like, I kind of like that everyone has this very insane cultural like like communication like mm-hmm. everyone believes in magic everyone yes. believes in god like like in the beginning they're like look we're under a noose that probably means we're all being cursed and like yeah <laughs> everyone's like what oh no i haven't <laughs> heard that one actually uh <laughs> Like, this is interesting and that texture of the movie of, like, what would it be like to be a random person in 1500, 1501, like, is an interesting thread to pull on, but I might just be way too fucking far outside of the, of, of this history, uh, to care about this. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to hold my hand a little more to, like, tell me what you're trying to say about history or people or characters right whatever because this just seems like random vignettes Mm -hmm. um that don't go anywhere all of it is just kind of like steeped in this sort of like scumminess you know that's kind of seemingly what it's like it's it's a lot of stuff that like game of thrones will come to be known for where it's like Mm -hmm. this kind of like dirty look at what this lifestyle was like you have this great like so they dig up this saint and they're like it has to mean something uh, and like the sword is pointing in a direction, the statue is holding a sword and it's pointing in a direction. Like we go in that direction. And then like you get this hilarious scene where like there's a castle kind of off to the side of them and you see Martin like push the St. Martin statue. So it's pointing at the castle. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody's like, St. Martin moved. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, knows he's a little more like level headed. He mm-hmm. seems like a little more like I'm a regular m- modern person. Right. Um, which I think is like kind of fun and kind of doesn't work because it's like, what's the point of this? Like, why are they all stupid? What does Martin actually want besides just like chilling? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what Mar- he wants is he wants <laughs> he wants to just like, you know, when like your whole lifestyle is just like, you know, sleeping in the dirt, going from, you know, war to war and whatever like he comes upon this opportunity to like lead these people to take over a castle and then they can all just live there. And you're like, sure, this is like short sighted. Like, what are you going to do when the food runs out and whatever? But like for the time being, this seems (laughs) like a fucking fun time. (laughs) That's true. Uh, He's definitely a drifter and like sort of, 
I don't know. I I get I guess, but like it's also like playing I, I out this I, sort of uh, this fantasy that people have where they're like, if I went back in time and like I knew all the things I know now, I'd be king. And it kind of is that sort of thing where it's like he's just like moderately smarter than everybody else. Like he can see that God isn't real. So he's just like just playing everybody constantly just with like the easiest, like the easiest lies you could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, which I... I guess this is an interesting idea. I just don't really get what the idea of this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of this at all? I feel I find it really hard to watch a movie that doesn't have a point. Um, and I could be wrong. I, I I feel like this is one of those movies where you know Verhoeven is a very smart guy, and you know he co-wrote the movie, and I feel like. He's got something to say. He it, it's it's a lot of themes that he went on to continue. Uh, he went on to continue, you know, exploring with uh, nuns and and uh, you know in Ben uh, Benetta, Benetta, Benedetta, Benedetta. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, and, I think and, it's like, and like I... God and stuff like this. But I don't really get what what this movie is about. I think it's I think it's a nihilist movie is what it is. Like I I think that he would later on kind of go on to have like better ideas than this, but I think this is, you know, comparing it to Game of Thrones is very fair because it's like there's this sort of idea of like, you know, there's these like lofty things like honor and, you know, tradition and and, you know, faith and whatever that all kind of like stand above all these people. But in reality, the people who are operating well within this world are the people who are like, no, the only thing that matters is fucking survival. You know, Mm -hmm. living day to day is what fucking matters. I survived until the next day. I win. I'm not fucking, you know, I'm not some jag off dying for a cause, you know, (laughs) and that's, that's kind of put out there really early on in the movie when Arnold Feeney is uh, storming his city to take it back. And uh, his son is like, charging ahead and Arnold Feeney's like what are you fucking what are you stupid (laughs) get back here he's like fighting is for fools (laughs) yeah yeah that's true and and that's kind of that's that's what's happening in Arnold Feeney's story and that's what's happening in Martin's story where like yeah I mean like he's he's involved more in the fights but he's very much having people do his dirty work for him so he can fuck this hot chick and and live his cool life in the bathtub you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah i guess so but i guess it just feels maybe it just feels too like basic Mm -hmm. to like really i just don't oh no i mean i'm not saying that this is like a cool message or a good one or well hammered home or whatever but it feel it felt to me in the end like that was kind of what he was getting at right um so so anyway so they they they're all you know sent off with their saint to go try to figure out you know uh what comes what comes next for them right and then meanwhile arnold feeney's son is betrothed in an arranged marriage to agnes who's played by jennifer jason lee an absolute dime uh <laughs> a classic dime yeah jennifer i'm jason a little lee. uncomfortable saying that about her here at 23 but i agree <laughs> yeah i mean just in life i mean jennifer jason jennifer lee jason lee a beautiful woman beautiful woman mm-hmm. um and so she is in an arranged marriage to him she's like she we kind of meet her uh in like a classic sort of like royal field setting uh <laughs> where she's talking to her servant girl just like i know yeah. that you i know that you fuck how does it work tell me about how fucking works go and fuck she's that like, guy go fuck that guy 
She's like, I don't really want to. She's like, I command you. And she's like, God damn it. She goes, uh, fuck a guy. But so, so they're, you know, they're arranged to be married and uh, they go, I guess, back towards Arnold Feeney's city or whatever. And uh, they get uh, intercepted by Martin and his dudes and they kidnap Agnes and take her to camp with them. Uh, and there's this like really insane scene. <laughs> Just like, I don't know, like what leads somebody to make this scene in a movie. But, uh, but so all the group is like gathered around Agnes and they're all like, rape her, rape her. <laughs> like, the fucking drunk, uh, the drunk mom lady is like, yeah, rape her, rape this bitch. <laughs> yeah. They all want to rape her for some reason. And then it, there's but multiple Martin, rape scenes in this movie, by the way. A lot way, of rape like, scenes in this movie. But but Martin is the one who like steps up to do the raping. Uh, and he's they kind of make it. him. They kind of make him. They're like, come on, buddy. You're the king. You're the man. Go fucking rape this broad. And then yeah. he does. And then she's like, you can't rape me. I'm already i'm already I like horned it, up actually. like i like it i i you can't rape the unrapeable <laughs> it's yeah. not possible and she's like she's and then they're all like you're getting raped martin ha ha <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> hilarious and he's like wait what <laughs> what and then he busts and he's like i'm done fuck this <laughs> and then he's like no one else rape her <laughs> she's Weird. too powerful <laughs> You can't handle this. <laughs> uh, very, very weird uh, scene. And then, the, like, it's all sort of their relationship is based off of this. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know what Agnes is like. Agnes's character is really strange. She's like into hanging out with these people. And yeah, like, she ends up kind of becoming part of the crew. She enjoys hanging out with these freaks. And like, I mean, this kind of drives that same theme, right? Where it's like, she has she's like raised with this kind of like higher ideal of like chastity and and being womanly and whatever and being a princess right. and, and having a dowry and all that and then like you know she realizes when she gets into this situation she's like i need to survive that's what i need to fucking do so whatever i need to do to get by is what i'm gonna fucking do so she's like she's fucking martin she's like pretending that she likes him you know maybe she does like him i don't know uh but she's, I mean, she's very much just like in survival mode the whole time. Um, and then, I don't know, they like, uh, they, well, they also... go find the castle and it's like everybody is, has the plague. So they easily win. Yeah. And then uh, they take it over and then the vision sort of, of like, the bubonic chilling. plague in this movie is fucking hilarious, by the way, because <laughs> this, like the moment you like touch plague, you're you're good as dead. You're like fucking like within an hour. You're done. Yeah, I don't actually know how plague works or what it, it did was. not work that way. What <laughs> you had an 80 uh, percent. I think it was like 80 percent survival rate or maybe it was the other way around. It was 80 percent of people died. But I believe it was 80% survival rate. It took like 10 days to like three weeks to kill you. It was like a slow and painful and wow. awful death. But it did take a little while. And but I thought in this I movie, it it's so just fast. like within an instant, you're just like, I'm dying. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, it only lasted till 1353, according to the... Yeah, I mean, there are still, like, cases today, but, like, they're mm. contained, I believe, and, like, it's treatable. It's not as widespread. Um, yeah, pretty rough, but <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they, the people there have a plague. They got the plague, and uh, they kill them all, um, mm-hmm. but don't get, they don't get it. 
Um, so they're now chilling in the in the plague in castle. In the plague zone, yeah. Um, but it's all fine. Um, and then, so do they want this castle? Like, uh, 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 Arnolfini? I can't say. I can't no, say they're Arnolfini and his son are there to try to get Agnes back. They don't give a shit oh, about yeah, the yeah, castle yeah. at all. Um, they're just trying to get Agnes back. And, um, you know, you have this whole fun little standoff thing where, like, they come and they try to do a siege thing and Martin outsmarts them with a bomb. And that's cool. And then they go back and then they come back again. You get this little thing that, like, has absolutely no... Another thing that has no bearing on the plot whatsoever is that um, this general guy who accidentally hit the nun over the head, he goes to join them in the fight, uh, but he gets the plague right away. Yeah, and then Hawkwood. And then the son is like, you got to drain the boils and that that will cure him. And they're like, OK, cool. That's it. <laughs> no, no, he's like, I'm never draining the boils. It's unchristian. Well, sure, but then he does, and then and later then, he does, and, it's and then later, later he does, and then at the end of the movie, just as a way to like not kill this cute kid, they're like, they're like, also he gets his his things drained. They're drained, and that's uh, gonna save him, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, they capture Stephen, and then there's a b- bunch of stand up. Uh, when when the lightning strikes the tree and mm. then blows his collar off, I was like, this movie's too stupid for me i don't know like <laughs> I, I i don't know how it wants me to take it you mm-hmm. know what i mean like is it kind of funny and and they want you to think it's stupid or is it like it just it feels so grounded and serious most of the time that when like dumb monty python ass shit happens it's mm-hmm. like what is this movie exactly <laughs> is this a satire or is it not? Yeah. I don't really get what it's going for. And this is just like medieval shit is just not my style. Like as an mm. adult, like I've I've learned, I've played Dark Souls. I've played like, you know, <laughs> I've gotten into the aesthetic to the point that I can handle it. And especially if there's dragons and magic and like real fun stuff, like interesting, weird nightmare demons. I'm into it. I can get into it. Just regular ass, poor, dirty, bubonic plagued people like in nineteen in fifteen oh one, not cool to me. I'm mm-hmm. not really interested unless you've got something very interesting to say. And this has nothing to say. Yeah. Um, except damn, life is terrible. Life and, is tough for them. And it's like, sure, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I don't really get what this is. It's going and and none of the scenes were like innovative or interesting enough for me to be like, you got to check this out. Like, I, I will say there's not much else like it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know of like medieval movies that aren't dragons and magic, you know, like this is, it is very grounded and I was pretty excited to see a movie that was like, okay, tell me an interesting story about this time period. Um, but I just didn't feel like I got an interesting story. Right. Um, and it, it's not a bad movie. Um, I just think that this one wasn't for me because I, I, I just wish it had more to say. Um, or, or anything to say. Yeah. Uh, but Rugger Hauer is awesome. He's really cool. He's a hot guy. <laughs> Definitely like to watch him do stuff. Anytime Rugger Hauer's on screen, I was enjoying the movie. But like yeah. 
that's I think actually it's like some fun performances <laughs> in the crew. I think like uh, a lot of the gang are kind of like fun, quirky characters who kind of bounce off each other nicely. It's okay. It's all okay. It's yeah. it's fine. It's a this is a pretty middle of the road. I was a little disappointed in it. Is is kind of where I'm coming down on it. Where it's like it's not yeah. a it's not a do not watch this. It's a I wouldn't recommend it. Like it's yeah. not for me. It's it's it was fine. And if you really want to see some medieval stuff, oh, you're going to see some medieval stuff. I just wish it was a little more like blasphemous or something where it was like a little more ornamental or had some sort of something to say about religion. Um, blasphemous, the video game. Sorry, it's mm-hmm. an ind- independent video game. Um, I don't know. It didn't it didn't really ring my bell here. Um, did you like it? I did like it, but I think similarly, I'm going to give it like a soft recommend. It's like a classic, uh, you know, it's a movie sort of movie. Sure. Where you're like, yeah, sure. It went from start to finish. I had a good time watching it. I don't think I took much away from it. I think probably by the end of Verhoeven month, I will have forgotten it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it yeah, was a good I, time. Yeah. For me, it had a lot of way too much rape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know. Not something I really want to watch unless there's a really good reason. Um, and I don't want to be thinking about like the, <laughs> the, the, the ethics, the ethics of like the sex scenes <laughs> through the whole movie. Um, and I, it, it feels like something Verhoeven like really researched and had a lot of like interesting stuff. Like, I don't think he'd put stuff in the movie that if it wasn't like, something he felt was important to show the texture of the time. Uh, but I, it's just really hard for me to say how accurate this is. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't know really much about 1501. Um, so also it just, an interesting, like, why is it 1501? I know. Make it 1510. I, yeah, I guess I just don't feel qualified. <laughs> yeah. I to, guess like if I was like European and I like knew about this sort of shit, maybe I would, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd ask Matt Chrisman about like what is this movie or whatever, and be mm-hmm. like, is did all this stuff happen or is this how it worked or whatever? But like, yeah, not I. It's a very soft, not recommend for me. Yeah, definitely a mid movie. Pretty mid. Um, interesting stuff in it. Don't watch it if you don't want to see rape. <laughs> watch it if you want to see medieval stuff. Watch it if you want to see rape. <laughs> if you want to see rape, you're going to like this you're one. You're going to like what you see. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to get into Verhoeven's other movies. And now it's time for an intermission. We get to do it twice because we're yes. talking about Fight Club. <laughs> Folks at home don't know this, by the way, the, that Bryn and I dance to that song literally every time. It oh, plays. yeah, we're, we're dancing. We're, we are vibing we're, hard. We're vibing off. We're song. putting our hands in the air like we don't care. Uh, yeah, this is why we should do it. We should record the video one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is our second film. We're doing a double feature this month. Um, we we selected this thinking that we had a five Friday or a five Monday month in December. We had to move it over to January because this is the five Monday month. Um, but that's fine. 
So this is kind of Dumb Guy December Redux, the mm. uh, farewell to Dem- Dumb Guy December episode <laughs> as well. Uh, we're talking about uh, David Fincher's Fight Club from 1999, starring Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Helena Bonham Carter, as well as Jared Leto and Meatloaf. Yeah, I would, um, I would hardly call them stars, though. They're in it. <laughs> it's really, it's, 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 Ed, this is an interesting billing order, too, because I do feel like Edward Norton is, it should be top billed in this, and then Brad Pitt, and then Helena Bonham Carter in that order. But Absolutely. I guess it's, it's probably Pitt, not in order of, uh, uh screen, screen time? time no yeah. it's it's uh it is brad pitt's uh he's there because he's a huge name at the time and i'm surprised this movie didn't do as well as it could have considering brad pitt is the a huge name at the time um but 1999 is one of the most insane years for movies um mm-hmm. I, we've definitely talked about it We've mentioned this on the show before, but 1999 had just an insane amount of of huge blockbuster films um, release. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, Sixth Sense, The Matrix. Um, <laughs> je- already, that's a lot, but it it you will be surprised to know that it keeps going. Um, <laughs> I can't always remember how. Let's see. Star Wars Episode One, Toy Story Two, The Mummy, uh, American Beauty, Austin Powers Two, Jesus Christ, The Hurricane. Uh, uh, it, it it's pretty crazy how many movies that were really good and you are very memorable came out that particular year. Uh, Office Space came out that year. Talented Mr. Ripley. Did you say that already? No, I didn't. Sleepy Hollow. Oh yeah. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, analyze this. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> and I don't think it's because I don't think it's because uh I was a teen, you know, beginning my high school years. I think specifically lots of people have mentioned that this year was just chock full of really, really like cultural defining movies. Well, it's also um, it's kind of like the peak of like it. It's it's the end of the like the movie theater movie era, right? Because once we get into the two thousands, you're starting to get more um, you know DVD releases, uh, home video on demand, things like this that are starting to like eat into uh, theater viewership, and then like from there, it's just kind of like a steady slope downward as we're as we're starting to get more streaming and stuff, you know. The South Park movie and Bigger, Longer, and Uncut and Wild Wild West came out on the same day. Jesus American Pie Christ. came out in 1999. Three Kings. The Blair Witch days. Project. <laughs> uh, yeah, really, really crazy. Anyway, something happened and they just dumped every movie <laughs> in 1999. Yeah. Uh, it's really crazy. Look at the list. The Iron Giant, Mystery Men, Bowfinger. Uh, wow. It's Detroit crazy. Rock City. What? Yeah. The 13th Warrior with uh, Antonio Banderas. Uh, Man on the Moon. Oh, with Andy, uh, with uh, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Very, very crazy. Um, we already said American Beauty, but as the, it's funny because as American it, Pie. That's what I said. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. Boys Don't Cry, Bringing Out the Dead. Marty released the movie this year. Princess Mononoke came out here. Uh, <laughs> just insane. Dogma. Um. <clears throat> Anyway, so point is, is that 
I think that if there is a reason that Fight Club didn't do super well in the box office is that it was probably right in the middle of coming out. A million big movies. A million big movies. Let's see. Actually, I didn't actually get to Fight Club on the list. When did it come out? It came out the same day as David Lynch's Straight Story on October 15th. Um, And then Bats? came out boys don't cry bring out the dead that month being john malkovich came out that year <laughs> uh a couple days after fight club <laughs> that's crazy um yeah not that much stuff happened in in october weirdly um just david lynch's straight story and boys don't cry and bringing out the dead and being john malkovich <laughs> and princess mononoke um so weird it didn't do terribly, I don't think. Um, it was, in my memory, pretty well marketed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember wanting to see it a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah and it, it it made $100 million on 65. So it was one of those things where it was like, it wasn't super successful, mm-hmm. but um, I think It might have like broken even after the theater's cut and whatever the film was failed to meet the studio's expectations at the box office and received polarized um, reviews from critics. Um, It's hard to establish how culturally important this movie is though. Mm -hmm. Um, From kind of exposing the world to Chuck Palahniuk um, and getting his, in the early 2000s, getting his books out there in the hands of edgy teenagers all over the world, mm-hmm. um, and then creating a c- nomenclature like Snowflake just becoming, you know, universal. Yeah. Um, and having um, having a, a really big impact on the world. Um, the movie has really kind of become weird in retrospect in like the looking through the looking glass of culture. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really was excited to go back and watch it. Yeah. It's been such a long time since I've like properly watched it. And I'm like, you know, you're, you're so thoroughly inundated with the baggage of this movie in culture that like, you're kind of like, I don't know, how could it possibly, how could it possibly hold up? You know? Yeah. So what happens in the movie. <laughs> so, Fight Club tells the story of Edward Norton as an unnamed insomniac who is seeking support for his sleep problems. Uh, he goes to a doctor to try to get drugs, and the doctor won't give them to him. He says, uh, you're not really suffering, you little bitch, you fucking pussy. The, Why don't you the, go watch people just, die? Just, just to <laughs> note it real quick, one that that is probably the most insane thing in the movie that the doctor is like <laughs> you shouldn't be complaining yeah. and like the way he goes i don't think that it's phrased that way in the book but uh it's very weird that the doctor is like you want to see real pain go to the testicular cancer ward yeah go see people uh, dying of cancer and, and like, so he what? does <laughs> uh, because he's just kind of like a Ed Norton is kind of this like aimless uh, corporate drone uh, uh, of the kind of like 90s uh, end of history ilk where he's just like he lives in a condo. He drives to work. He goes home. He watches TV. Uh, he talks about how he like buys a bunch of Ikea stuff and whatever. That's, you know. Yeah. He's an insurance adjuster. Mm-hmm. He basically like 
banally does evil things uh just sort of doesn't doesn't even come up till much later in the movie what mm-hmm. he actually does um which is basically cover up uh for auto industries <laughs> right uh cars so so he's so because of his kind of like droniness he actually takes the doctor's advice literally and goes to a a goes to a sport meeting and he finds himself actually like enamored by the feeling of of people thinking that he's fucking dying and he's like oh i love all the attention i get i love all the like compassion i get from people and he's like finally able to like sleep well uh, yeah he's allowed to cry he's able to cry and let his emotions uh and get this sort of like impotent pain and 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 rage out mm-hmm. and into the breasts of meatloaf yes and uh, so then he's so he starts going to a bunch of different support meetings for different sicknesses and whatever, and they start seeing this woman, Marla Singer, played by Helena Bonham Carter, uh, in possibly her first big role. I don't know. Um, it's definitely uh, where I first remember her from. Me too. Um, but She's so, so cool. he uh, he starts seeing her <laughs> around, and he's like, "What the fuck, this fucking bitch? She's doing my thing. I do my thing. You, yeah, you make me feel like an asshole for being here. I'm supposed to be living my fantasy, not seeing you." And uh, so he confronts her, uh, and they decide to split up their groups and and go their separate ways. So then uh, he is on a flight and he meets Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt, who yeah. uh, just starts like saying crazy shit about how you can make explosives out of stuff. And he's like, Nito, <laughs> what a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, well, Edward Norton, it's implied that he's rambling also about how his job works. Mm-hmm. And the you know the 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 Palinikian, uh detail of how like kids' braces are wrapped around the the steering wheel and mm-hmm. and people's fat melting into the chairs because of the car caught on fire or whatever, uh, and then it sort of transitions seamlessly into Brad Pitt talking about making dynamite out of soap. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which you cannot do none of the none of the explosive things talked about in this movie actually work is that so how that do you is know that? so uh i don't remember i definitely have read that before though um, okay and so uh right so they they land ed norton goes home finds that his condo has exploded uh so he needs somewhere to stay he calls brad pitt they hang out they go to a bar they get drunk they start fighting each other uh, then he goes and stays at his house. His house is like a squat, like a crust punk's house. Um, absolute dog shit living conditions. But he's like, okay, I guess I'll live here with you, Tyler, because you're so fucking cool. <laughs> it is very funny, like how much of this movie relies on you thinking Tyler Durden is so fucking cool. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you completely buy that this guy is like following him around because you're just like, damn, that guy is charismatic. Look at that fucking red leather jacket. And it really, it has to be Brad Pitt. It has to. Like, There's it, nobody else who could be doing this. No one else could be doing this and being like, actually, my life is cool, even though I have no money and I do nothing mm-hmm. except like just be free as a bird, man. I'm, I'm yeah. like, you know, it. it's very, it's, it's very hard to imagine anyone else playing this character and not like completely fucking it up or seeming like a weird freak. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and not like a cool dude who like lives on the edge. Yeah. Um, he also has a lot of like ideological reasons why he's doing this. It's not just because he's like a cool guy, but yeah, he, he like, also talks about like being anti-consumerist and whatever. And, and you, 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 know, you get why, why men are Kyle... supposed to be hunter gatherers and whatever. <laughs> well, you get why Edward Norton's character would be, uh, sort of assuaged and, and feel inspired by, uh, what Tyler has to say. Mm -hmm. Um, because he has all these ideas about like how, you know, labor exploitation is soul sucking, how, you know, the, they're, they're selling us a bunch of shit we don't need. Uh, they want us to be in the pod and eat the bugs basically mm -hmm. like, <laughs> uh, and, and so he's very like, yeah, okay. That is true. And I hate that. So I'll take You're any so alternative. Right, Tyler. <laughs> I'll take any alternative. Uh, so they start, fight club yeah so they, so so they fight each other the first night tyler is like i want you to hit me as hard as you can i've never been in a fight before i want to be in a fight and you're supposed to think of it as like oh it's just two drunk dudes fucking hanging out but then later on you kind of get the implication that like i mean later later on you you kind of are assuaged of this but it, it's kind of implied that tyler does this with people to like to start getting them radicalized um, yeah but so he's like i want you to hit me as hard as you can uh he punches him they fight and then like we kind of go through this whole sequence of like you know other people start joining them for the fights they're fighting in the parking lot then they move into the basement of the bar um and like almost immediately are militarized even before they start doing project <laughs> mayhem shit like yeah there's all these scenes of like of of brad pitt just like fucking like uh strutting around with his shirt off just like you are not the clothes you wear we are not <laughs> going to be celebrities we are yeah. pissed off and everyone's like yeah <laughs> i'm here to fight actually <laughs> i wasn't here to to hear you do your fucking farrakhan thing you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah so they they slowly over the course of the movie um Oh, Marla comes back into the sequence because she tries to kill herself. Mm -hmm. um, I will say, just before we continue, and also, if you haven't seen Fight Club, watch the movie before you listen to the rest of this because there are spoilers. Uh, I'm sure you know what happens. <laughs> but, you know, in case you don't, thought I'd say it. Uh, Marla comes back. I was surprised at how interesting and useful and how much stuff to do Marla has mm -hmm. in this movie. Uh, I remember there being a lot of discourse about like the movie. Is it sexist? Is it misogynist? Is it whatever? I think Marla is a good character who yeah. has a lot of agency and uh, the movie doesn't hate her. Like, <laughs> I don't no, know. And, and, and it's interesting now, like watching it, knowing where it goes, knowing what the twist is and whatever, like, it's actually really cool how every scene with her works both ways. Yes. It's you know, so like cool. you can just like see the scene through the eyes of Marla. And, and it's, it's funny to watch it that way now where you're like, you're watching it from her perspective and you're just like, this guy is so fucking crazy. <laughs> like, but she's, <laughs> but she's such a mess that you're like, yeah, of course this fucking, this like smelly fucking woman <laughs> would be like, would be like trapped in the spider web of this like schizophrenic man who's like, <laughs> who's doing all these like deeply alarming things all the time. Watching this movie as an adult 
was like, I know this lady. Yeah. Like uh-huh. <laughs> I, in a way that I hadn't ever yeah. seen this movie. Cause I've been seeing this movie in probably 10, maybe 20 years at this point. Like it's been mm-hmm. a while. Um, I like this movie and I, I hadn't revisited it in a long time. So it was really interesting to see this post Trump post pandemic post everything, you know, like mm-hmm. sort of America getting really, really political. Um, but also just being an adult and knowing people who are this messed up and yeah. like and like and just being able to like more thoroughly empathize with characters who aren't the main character like being able yeah. to like try to see things from somebody else's perspective especially fun when there's like a plot twist in it to try to like see like it, it's just like it's interesting how it's effective both as watching it as Marla and also like watching it as the viewer where you're like I can see how he's missing that he's the same guy you know like yeah yeah you could it's it's just it's well done it's very well done it's so well done um so yeah let's not prevaricate about the bush um (laughs) uh tyler begins uh fucking marla and she's around now um after he saves her from being suicidal uh or almost killing herself um and then during that fight club becomes more militarized. They start something called operation mayhem, which is training guys to do basically big pranks. This is based off of Polonik's actual life, uh, which he was in something called the cacophony society, which did big pranks. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is like, what if it was like sort of more radical, uh, and political, um, it's sort of, it, it sort of, but I mean, it's functionally, like at first it starts off as like a improv doing, like, everywhere like or whatever. Busters shit. They're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was that group? The um, the two guys who like made the fake World Trade Organization website and they like showed up to conferences posing as World Trade Organization guys. The yes men. The yes men. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like the yes men. It's political pranks. Um, mm-hmm. but then it starts to become actual terrorism. Uh, towards the end they decide that um, they should blow up. Uh, credit card banks mm-hmm. a credit card buildings um and as as project mayhem grows and it's all across the country it becomes li- basically functionally a vanguard party that tyler is the leader of mm-hmm. um they have members in the police and and every single like worker it's a basically a large like nationwide union uh, of people who are 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 supporting reducing or the idea is they take they erase all debt mm-hmm. and that like would send america plunging into madness or whatever yeah. um and he's got this I whole wish... vision of like you know like hunting elk from the side of like a crumbled highway and whatever and they're like yeah this is it's not like how li- it would go dude like people will just die <laughs> <laughs> it's a little like Anne prim it's very uh, Anne Prim. I used to hang out with Anne Prim, and they <laughs> loved this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish that it was a little more thought out. Uh, of like, it, it is different because it's different than the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, nothing blows up. Or excuse me, I'm saying movie when I mean book. It's different than the book. In the book, nothing blows up. They're gonna blow up like a museum, and then it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, they fuck it up because the m- explosives uh, don't actually do anything because <laughs> right. it's made of paraffin or whatever instead uh-huh. of kerosene. Um, and then he uh, 
kills him, tries to kill himself and is in a mental institution. Um, right. And then it's like the end is that all the guys who work in the mental institution are part of Project Mayhem and they're all like, mm hmm. Yeah, What's exactly. Up, dude? Uh, so we've both read, read the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I read it when I was a kid. I barely remember. He thinks he's in heaven and it's like, he's like, I'll return. And he's sort of like a Jesus figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not. He's just in the mental. And, and Palinik wrote sequels to this, by the way. I've never Palinik read them. Did, but... uh, he wrote comic sequels. They are mm-hmm. comic books. Um, I, I did a little reading about them um, for the purpose of this episode. Um, they seem dumb. <laughs> Very, very different, very uh, divisive. Mm-hmm. Um, some Polynic fans love them. Some Polynic fans think they're a big middle finger to the audience um, and hate them for that reason. I think they sound like they have interesting ideas. A lot of like, well, what if, you know, what if we break the frames of comics rather than movies? And what does that mean? And mm-hmm. um, But he did write himself into the book, uh, or into the comic. So I don't know. I, I'd check him out. Lots of people don't like this, so I don't, <laughs> I don't really uh, know if I trust people's opinion on Palinuk. Mm-hmm. My opinion on Palinuk is that he is a very interesting guy, yeah. uh, and I like a lot of his books. I like a um, lot of his books. I've had a good time reading them. I think he started writing some pretty boring ones, maybe getting up a little up his own ass. Uh, I've heard Adjustment Day, his newest book, is actually pretty good. But I think a lot of people fell off in the in the 2010s and probably won't go back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was surprised when I looked at his uh, at his bibliography on Wikipedia. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's written a lot more stuff since the last <laughs> one I wrote." The last one I read. Uh, what, what did you follow off around Haunted? I think that's before where. that. Oh, Diary Lullaby. Before that, just choke. I guess choke would have been the last one, yeah. Because oh, okay. I read so like you read the original five, four or whatever. Yeah, I read Survivor, Invisible Monsters, Choke, and Fight Club. Yeah, the 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 big four from the, the core four. The core four. I followed him into Lullaby, which is great, mm. uh, and I always wanted them to make a movie with that one. Diary, which is I think I'd like it a little more as an adult, but it's like less weird. Uh, Haunted, which is a short story collection with guts in it. Um, rant, which is a really cool, uh, a sci-fi novel that he wrote, um, mm. about like time travel and stuff. That's really cool. Uh, and then I, I, I read half of snuff and I was like, this is boring. Uh, and then I, and then I fell off. Uh, I fell off a little later than some other people. Um, I'm interested in some of the other ones, but I just, you know, whatever. Um, but I do want to read this adjustment day book supposed to be very interesting anyway point is is that chuck polinick is an interesting guy he is a out gay man which mm-hmm. is funny uh i think a lot of people refuse to acknowledge that point about fight club it um, is extremely gay the movie like, is very gay watching it again i'm like i was very struck by like how homoerotic so much of the relationship between uh ed norton and and uh brad pitt is like they are like constantly flirting with each other all the time they're like winking at each other and shit you're like (laughs) how did people not see this before (laughs) it's 1999 they leave kiss mark tattoos on their hands yeah uh (laughs) you know come on it's a it's a movie written by a gay man and it really feels like a movie he beats the shit out of jared leto because he was too hot (laughs) (laughs) yes um 
so just before we get into any of the uh oh, oh we didn't actually say what happens at the end uh they oh, decide yeah. so, they want to build, yeah, project mayhem up. gets too out of control and ed norton tries to dismantle it uh but it doesn't work he can't he can't stop the machine once it's running uh and then he realizes that him and tyler are dun 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 the same person the They've same guy always been a split personality uh it has something to do with his insomnia when he thinks he's asleep he's actually tyler uh, so he's actually never been sleeping. He's uh... <laughs> sleeping one hour a night, maybe. Yeah, uh, he's going uh... <laughs> absolutely fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the better twists of like the of the movies. I think this move this one really works for me even still, mm-hmm. uh, especially now knowing that it, like movies like Six Feet Under, Six Feet Under, Six <laughs> Sense uh, work less and like less are less scary are less interesting when you know bruce willis is dead Mm -hmm. uh fight club manages to be more fun when you know the secret yeah i was gonna say like you get one extra view out of a twist usually where you have a fun time going back and being like oh look they're they turned bruce willis a certain like his blocking is weird in this scene so you don't see the blood on his back and whatever like that's interesting but after that one, you're like, okay, I'd never have to watch Sixth Sense again. Yeah, exactly. Whereas uh, this, yeah, like you're saying, is like it's it's such a delight to rewatch because you're like you're trying to see it from everybody's perspective. You're like, how are these grunts seeing him arguing with himself in the front? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and it and it and it works. Like very little of this actually is wrong. Like, uh, I one thing I noticed really early on is when Ed Norton or when Brad Pitt jumps into a red convertible and steals it mm-hmm. and then drives off and Edward Norton is left there. I was like, wait, what does that mean? And it means that he went to his apartment, blew it up, came back to mm-hmm. get his luggage and then took a cab home. Right. Uh, which makes sense because he's crazy. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it just, it's, it's interesting how wealth and, and, how well thought out it is. And David Fincher has taken this like meticulousness into the rest of his career. He's mm-hmm. never done something so wacky with it, but uh, I'm, I'm glad it all holds up as like a structure. Right. Um, so he finds out he's actually Tyler Durden and lovingly Tyler is just his sort of like id base, like childhood idea of what a hot, cool guy is Mm -hmm. um which i love because it didn't even ring when i was a kid like i feel like i didn't it didn't even really register to me how much they are just the same guy and like even through all their conversations like they're literally just giving the same information to each other he's Mm -hmm. just like exploring himself yeah um and it's like what if i was a little hotter and a little stronger and a little taller and like confident Um, in myself and able to speak publicly and whatever yeah yeah Uh, i I also like i love it from this point on also the movie gets so much funnier yeah i don't know like i i kind (laughs) of wish a little bit that like some of this comedy was in a bit more of the movie coming into it there is a little bit of humor here and there there's an incredible one of my favorite uh little monologues in a movie ever is when Ed Norton uh, is at the baggage claim trying to find his suitcase. Oh yeah, and and you get this great monologue from the from the security guy, absolute like star performance from a bit character <laughs> who does this monologue about like how it's you know usually it's a dildo, but they think it might be a bomb. But he's nine got this times great... out of ten, it's a r- electric razor. Yeah, but sometimes 
it's a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's got, and he's got this great thing about like the, um, of course, in the event of a dildo, we have to use the indefinite article, a dildo, never <laughs> your dildo. <laughs> I don't own it. And he's like, that's this was taken right. A really, really good performance. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's good writing, but it's also just an incredible performance from that guy. Right. Um. But anyway, yeah. So so from the point where we get the twist, it gets a lot funnier. There's a lot of really funny. Like, um, I love when he's in the restaurant with Marla, and they're like, "Sir, anything is on the house," and she's like, "Why is anything on the house?" (laughs) (laughs) And then he like pulls me. He's like, "Clean food, please." (laughs) I would recommend against the clam chowder. (laughs) It's like no chowder. Yeah, it starts to be really wacky. Brad Pitt becomes really, really strange and like funny. And he like Brad Pitt, uh, his comedic chops are often under discussed, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brad Pitt is so funny. His physical comedy is really like up there mm-hmm. with like Kramer levels, like his yeah. very like wacky, wild, waving, like physical comedy is like very, very few people match how funny Brad Pitt is in, like, and we talked about it in uh burn after reading. Yeah. How like, he's one of the funniest characters. He doesn't do it very often. He doesn't get to do it very often. Cause he's so hot and he's such a good, like leading man. Yeah. Um, but when he does get to do it, it's, it's fantastic. And he gets to do it all over this movie. Uh, when he's like riding the bike around with no pants on and like, yeah. And they just <laughs> like crash into something. something. <laughs> uh, it's all over the movie, but it really is concentrated right here at the end when mm-hmm. he is like, you know, he's a he's an imaginary friend and he gets to yell and scream and do a lot of fun stuff. Um, so he's trying to he he stops one bomb um, and they go. He 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 basically kidnaps himself up to the top so they can watch all the other buildings explode. He had originally put Marla on a bus to try to get her out of the city, but Project Mayhem brings her back. um probably at his own insistence um and uh he tries to get tyler out of his head so he tries to kill himself um and that sort of represents to the movie like him being like he's not actually afraid of death anymore he sort Mm -hmm. of accepts who he is and what he is he doesn't need this sort of like aspirational version of himself anymore it goes through like the side of his face or something yeah. uh, but he's he definitely die. gonna die <laughs> and uh, also i'm not sure that like I, I feel like there's been a lot of discussion about this uh online in the past i remember talking to people about this that like it's not totally clear whether he successfully deactivates the bomb because you see him pull the wire out and then you get a very distinct reverse shot of Brad Pitt looking down at the bomb and doing something to it. So it's very possible that he just turned it back on and that building blows up too. That's true. Um, but in any event, I don't uh, think that stuff matters as it much. It doesn't matter like, at all. I mean, it's, it's just great the way it ends. Who fucking cares? Um, yeah. You get the final, the final thing is that Marl is there with him and he has this sweet little line. You met me at a strange time in my life. One of the all-time great needle drops of the Pixies, Where Is My Mind, as you watch all the buildings explode, and then it ends. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Uh, this movie rules. Yes. Uh, there's, big time, I, big time, good bef- movie. <laughs> <laughs> Before you can really like even get into like the politics and what it means, and if you want to start hand-wringing over whether it's responsible or whatever, come on. Like The movie rocks. It's mm-hmm. a fantastically fun time. 
Uh, very little else is this interesting, this creative, this willing to go outside of its own boxes and sort of take the time to explore a lot of the things the book was interested in. I think I would say this is like not counting things that aren't really like actual adaptations, like there will be blood, which is like sort of based on oil or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. I think this is probably like top five, the best book adaptations of all time. Like, to take a move a book this insane already as a book and then just be like yeah we're just gonna do the book mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just like take all of how the weird ideas of it and then translate them to s- film as best as we can uh is incredible um uh, i think it's really well done in terms of a, um, an adaptation and it then just like fincher is just a fantastic director Um, so the movie feels snappy. The movie is incredibly well directed. It looks beautiful. Um, it's grungy and, and dirty when it needs to be. It's, it's very funny when it needs to be. Um, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a fantastic time. Yeah. It's a good ass time. I think some of the politics are a little like, I mean, it's all just kind of like very nineties. It's very, uh, like the the ideology that it represents is kind of a little iffy. Um, I'm not sure really where Palinik kind of like lands on a lot of this stuff in the end. But I think just on the fundamentals, like this thing is just it's it's, it's great. It's 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 cracking homers all the time. You know? It's just a <laughs> fucking good ass movie. <laughs> so reading about Palinik because I was interested in it. Um, like to him, the original Fight Club is about like he basically thinks that it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, like he thinks it would be cool. And I, he seems like a pretty far left guy, yeah. like whether he's an anarchist or whatever. Like, I think that he wants the, you know, the boring consumerist capitalist, you know, evil to end. But I think he thought of it more like it's more about a guy who's lonely Mm-hmm. and alienated doing something crazy to find community and and not be lonely anymore right. um and ha- i think he he was he was saying like a lot of his books are just about how insanely hard it is to not be lonely mm-hmm. um and so it's about you know coming to terms with who you actually are and how alienated from yourself you actually are uh, and like finding power within yourself to like do something about that. Um, which is like, you know, for the nineties, like, <laughs> uh, pretty good. I, yeah. I, I think I don't really see this movie as like, I, I think a lot of people trying to make takes about this movie that it's like specifically misogynist or like incel behavior or whatever, mm-hmm. or like really stretching it. Just because, yeah. like, the internet kind of turned into Fight Club. But, mm-hmm. like, men don't really behave this way. Like, there aren't real Fight Clubs, really. Like, right. they don't actually want this. <laughs> uh, they are inspired by Tyler. You know, the idea of a guy who's hot and cool and looks like they want to look and fucks like yeah. they want to fuck, you know? Um, but you don't actually want they don't actually want to like start a you know working class 
revolution and blow up credit card buildings. Right. Uh, even though they should. <laughs> I mean, they should, but also like Project Mayhem's politics are dumb. Nothing. They're nothing. It's dumb. It's, I mean, it's, it's and prim shit, like you said. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. The vision that Tyler has of like the paradise future is not cool. <laughs> right. And I think if there's a criticism of the movie that like, that you should take to it is like the movie is very individualist and like is about finding like an individual power and like not being like understanding that I think like what it's trying to do is like get you to understand that like the problem is the world Mm -hmm. and you trying to just like like assuage your pain and loneliness with like the things that the world is giving to you isn't going to help, but the movie doesn't really present any answers other than it's normal to want to lash out at it. Yeah. Um, which I think is fine. It doesn't have to be as like, it doesn't have to be, I don't think a movie has to be politically like, here's how you step-by-step create like (laughs) a communist Vanguard party. That's based on like humanism and love. Like, I don't need that from a movie like Fight Club. Uh but I think yeah, it's it's a it's a it's showing you that you're not alone in feeling anger towards the way you're alienated in the 1990 in the America of the 1990s. Yeah. Um and I think that's great. I think it's a really interesting Rorschach test. Um and you know, Palinik has talked a lot about, he's like, I don't ever want to write something too didactic. Like I have my own opinions about like what, like a good politics would be, but like there, what's the point in writing that? Like, that's not interesting or like, you know, doesn't cause discussion really. It's better to have people like look at something and argue about it or like, you know, have to try to parse it for themselves. What is like being said, um, which I respect. Mm -hmm. Um, so regardless of the intent of the movie, I would say it's it's definitely not a fascist movie. It's definitely no. not a misogynist movie. No. What it is is a fucking great time. <laughs> yes. It's just a good ass time at the movies. Yeah. I love it. I think it really holds up. Um, and even the parts that are like uh Tyler saying like sort of like right wing Twitter stuff directly to your, you know. We are the all dancing, all smiling crap of the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. That stuff has aged a little bit weird just because like lame people online say stuff like that. Right. But like, I think it still works for what it's supposed to be, which is like a sort of edgy guy being like, we're angry about being bored all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's supposed to be a little funny, you know? Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I like it a lot. I highly, highly recommend it if you've never seen it somehow. Yeah. Um, and I recommend revisiting it if you haven't seen it in a long time. I'm gonna have to agree with you, Bryn. It's a fucking good ass time getting a big old recommend out of me. Fantastic. That has been the end of Dumb Guy December. Dumb guys were right on this one. It's a sick movie. Um today we are the dumb guy. <laughs> we are <laughs> today we are all dumb guys uh okay next week will be uh the second of 
Verhoeven, we didn't actually say all of them. Oh, no, we did say it all. It's Flesh and Blood, RoboCop, Total Recall, and Stormtroop Troopers. So next week, we get to hear what Jeremy <laughs> thinks about seeing RoboCop for the very first time, <laughs> which is so fun. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Make sure to tune in. Also, go ahead and go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash generation loss, and sign up for the Sopranos tier because we will be doing a vote after at the end of the month on what the new move uh show is, which it will be the boys uh this season three at the end of the month. After that, who knows? Nominate something. Go become a Sopranos tier member and vote. Uh other than that, you can join the Dark Council, which has an opening slot, like we said. Um, or did we say that on this episode? We said on the bonus episode. <laughs> I said on the bonus episode. Right now, there is it is not fully formed. So if you're interested in joining the Dark Council, why don't you go take a peek at our patreon.com slash generation loss? Other than that, follow us on Twitter at Gen Loss Pod, follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies.